One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Woo. Uh, woo. Feel- <laughs> Start of the week, sort of. How are you feeling? Yeah, I just feel a bit in limbo at the moment. I've been talking about this bloody move for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's just, you know, people say the th- most stressful things in life you can do is like, get married have a baby and move house yes I honestly used to think moving house like what are you talking about it's not stressful like what mm. are you on about James and I have moved house so many times um because of football but this time not gonna lie it's been stressful like it's yeah, actually it has. been stressful yes yeah, dates but, but that's moving. because the date mm. keeps moving it's so yeah. frustrating so you're ready to go you're like a racehorse mm. waiting in the stands and you're just like still there yeah. And also when you're, I think the other thing, the other factor, anyone listening to this who's move, you know, moving house when your kids are slightly older, like not that much older, but old enough to understand what's going on. Mm. I think we've talked to them about it. They've been to view houses with us. You know, they've been here when we've had to do crazy tidying up and I'm telling everyone they're not allowed to go to the toilet because we're just about to have a viewing. <laughs> they've been through all of that. And then we said to them when we were on holiday, right, when we get back, we're only going to have a couple of nights in our house. Like we're going to then, you know, then we're moving house. I think it's hard. Like I feel bad on them that they can't get their head around what's going on because they're like, yes. hang on a minute. Yeah. All my toys are packed away. What, what, why are we still like, what's why going on? Here? I've just yeah. got, and Axel has been quite sensitive, like about it. Like he's not wanted to move house. Like he likes, you know he likes his things the way they are yes I think that's probably the part for me that's been like uh, more stressful because it's like it's not just me it's it's impacting them as well yes but anyway but you know what with kids and we do say this a lot on the podcast that it's more about how we perceive things rather than what's actually going on some of the time so I reckon yes this is this is this is the worst part really because once you're in then yeah. you can kind of nest and make everything nice again and that'll be really exactly. exciting for you just need to get going now well fingers crossed it's going to be yeah. happening in the next week or so so you oh, can stop no. wanging on about it i can stop talking about <laughs> it and it will be done how are you anyway i'm good yeah i'm really good i've got an exciting day today because i'm actually guesting on somebody else's podcast Ooh, and it's a big exciting. one and it's a good Ooh. one and i can't wait i can't wait to do it i've been looking forward to do it doing it for a long time so that'll be that'll be great um exciting. We've also got Luna's open evening at her new school if she gets in tomorrow evening. So that's quite grown up. That is grown up. So so Luna goes to, is it like an infant school at the moment? And then she'll go to the next 
Exactly. School. So yeah. this next school's the feeder. So there's two of them in the area that get that get kind of first first dibs on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's lovely. It's where Kit plays football, so we know the school well. But I'm looking forward to seeing it because I don't. Oh. I've never even been in Luna's classroom at her school, Gosh. in her current school because it's yeah. upstairs and we're just not allowed in. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And then, and then, and I know you know this because I'm sure that my uh, my birthday present is obviously being FedExed. But it's my birthday. Yay! Yay! Also FedEx. FedEx. Is that a bit old school? <laughs> I think that's quite old school. Yeah. That, oh, that, that tells me how often you send parcels. <laughs> <laughs> or how old no, I I'm am. Joking. Yeah, or how old you are. Yeah, well, I was going to be kind, actually, seeing it's yeah. your birthday. But... All right, thanks. And you're 41. going away. You're going away, aren't you, yeah, for a few yeah. days? Jos is taking me away on a surprise love trip. I've got oh. no idea where we're going. He keeps telling me that we're going to Skegness. Um, <laughs> and he keeps saying, well, I've been Googling restaurants in Skegness. And it's, I love a surprise, but now I'm starting to feel a bit anxious because it's two nights. Um, I think we're going to Paris. That's yeah. what my gut's telling me. So I'm going to pack as if For we're going Paris. to Paris. But also what if it's... I don't know, or like hiking in Scotland because you did talk about how much you love Scotland and yeah, you love I'll, being outdoors. So. I'd be furious if he's done that. There we go. Be it's careful what so you wish great. for. But we have to be... We're at Heathrow, Um middle of the week at 8am for our flight at 9.30. So I'll I'll take you with me once I know. I'll be on FaceTime letting you know. That is exciting. And actually exciting this week's guest because it's been Ooh, someone yeah. that we've wanted to chat to for a long time she's well known if you if you're into like your beauty and stuff like we are um she's on this morning isn't she um but i yeah, just really just, enjoyed seeing the stuff. other side of her yeah yeah me too she's a brand new mum she's kind of well i say brand new she sort of questioned that she was like am i still a new mum her baby's 10 months old but yeah within the first year of motherhood um and when we see her and when we you know read about her and watch her on the telly and stuff she's purely talking about beauty so she's been a beauty editor for a really long time um and um but it was lovely to kind of get a real insight into how it's been for her leaving her big career being at home raising a baby like it's it's a big shift yeah and, and I think is I find it really interesting when you know you talk to women where a lot of their identity has been around their career and almost yes. it's like it's not just your career it's almost like your whole you know your interests and everything ends up being your career and then as soon as you become a mum actually it can be a huge sort of shock but mm. it, I guess it has it, you know it has been for the guests but I just find it really interesting to see how they, you know, people navigate that. Mm, yeah, I know. It's a really great conversation. Let's just get, let's stop talking. Let's get into <laughs> the chat. Who are we talking to today, George? Oh, we have got the wonderful Sarah Jossel. Now, when you have a beauty director, editor on the podcast, you really cannot rock up straight from the gym, having not brushed your hair without a scrap of makeup on. But Georgia and I are still doing that. That's what we've done. <laughs> the pressure was on today for us to make a bit more effort. We're so excited to have this conversation today. As I said, beauty director, columnist at the Sunday Times, uh, presenter on This Morning. She is mum to Grace and she really knows her th- her stuff. Please welcome Sarah Jossel. Yay! Yay! Hello! Yay. <laughs> what a joy to be here oh no thanks for coming on we already know you're one of us because you've told us your pajamas on the bottom and Zoe and I record this podcast in bed so that is a fantastic start but how are you I'm really well thank you imagine being me when I just want to quickly run out in the morning with just looking probably the worst I've ever looked holding Grace sort of scrambling out to get to the coffee shop and then someone says are you the beauty director this isn't what you look like when we see you in the column and I'm like, should I just pretend it's not me? 
<laughs> it's definitely not me. You've got the wrong person. That's what I'd say. And then oh, run my off. sister. We just look really alike. <laughs> um, so, so Sarah, talk, talk to us because you are a new mum. Grace is 10 months old. Um, yeah. I guess like every new mum, highs and lows. How's it been for you? I mean, so is, is 10 months still a new mum? Does that constitute as new mum? Because I yes. think so. It does. Okay, good. Because I did a gym class the other day and they said, Put, and I'm really sort of just trying to get back into exercise now, mainly because I think I'm trying to find a way to clear this brain fog. And I feel like some sort of hardcore hit class is, is sort of in a weird way making me feel better about myself. I mean, I've done two, but still, two is better than nothing. But they said, exactly. oh, put your hands up if you've got anything you need to tell me. And I said, oh, I'm a new mum. And this is how old is the baby? I said, 10 months you're fine. You can do the class. You don't need to flag that anymore. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I like to think, I mean, anything under, for me, anything under like 18 months, I think you're still a new mum. That, that's so Georgia do I. and I talk about And that. also, I think you're kind of a new mum to every stage. Like, my youngest is four and I'm still a new mum to like various stages. Like, I'm learning every day about stuff that I haven't been through and even like when you know I've got two I've been through it all before but I haven't because a new person brings new challenges Mm. and it's completely different yeah well someone said to me oh you know what age will she walk and I keep thinking to myself guys I don't know what 10 months and three weeks brings like I I have no idea what to expect I think I only know up to the point of where Grace is at her stage and I cannot tell you what happens past that day essentially and I guess you've come from like a really busy kind of full-on career haven't you so what was that like for you I remember reading your last um Instagram post where you were saying look I can't believe it I'm you know I'm heading off to be a mom and I'll and I'll see you in a while what was that like for you do you know what it felt really um an end of an era, an end of a chapter, for sure. I really, really felt it. Like, it's never going to be like this ever again. And I think when I say like this, my column has like, was in a weird way, a baby to me. I loved it. I'm so sorry. That's Grace in the background. I'm sure you're used to having it. <laughs> it's okay. <Don't> worry. <laughs> but yeah, my my job was definitely in a, in a version, you know, it was the baby because... I gave it my all and it was all I sort of thought about all day, every day. And people said, just you wait, because you will never be able to give that life, that sort of career, that level of attention ever again. You can do it in a different way and you will be brilliant in your career and now in completely different ways, but it will be different. And don't try and go back mm. to that old version. And I think that was the best advice I ever got because the day Grace was born, by the way, I have to say, I just listened to the Fern McCann episode about her birth and I thought, good Lord, if that was Fern's version, mine was completely the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> 25 hours later, there was no Grace to be seen. <laughs> I think the best advice I got is, is don't try to go back to that version because it, it, you can't, you physically can't give you know, your child and your career that level of attention ever again. Did it worry you, you know, so I guess getting pregnant when you were at such, you know, you were at such an incredible stage in your career. No, it was a really weird one. It was, I was so, I, I felt that in my career, I had actually, I was quite lucky in that I felt I'd really built up this sort of place in my career where I felt confident enough that I could go off and I will come back and it will be fine. And I remember the editor of the Sunday Times then saying to me, here's the truth. The day you go off, no one's going to be thinking about you in the job day to day. And the day you come back, it's going to be like you've never left. And I kept, I sort of held wow. on to that because 
it's true. You feel like, oh my gosh, everyone's forgotten me and how will I ever go back? But the day you start again, you'll, you'll almost sort of berate yourself that you were worrying day to day. What if everyone's forgotten me? Because they don't, you know, if you're passionate and you love your job and you know that you are respected and that you, um, you know, you fill a very important role in your career, then the day you come back, you will, you will get into that job again and you will love it just as much as you did, but you will have a different version of that job because you have fundamentally changed. You, you know, when you become a mother, you fundamentally change in every way. And actually, I quite love this version of me now because sometimes the things I was really nervous to do, there is a part of me that thinks like, I actually am going to do this for Grace. I can't not ask because I'm now mm-hmm. a mum and I have a lot I need to show her and I have a lot I need to mm-hmm. prove to her as a woman in the workplace, as a mother, you know, also in the industry I've chosen in beauty, I can't sit back and let things that maybe I did, you know, before not bother me, whether that's filters, whether that's, I don't know, it could be anything in the beauty world, which I'm sure we will discuss. But now there's a part of me that feels I've really got to do it for Grace too, if that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think, I don't know if it would be any different if you'd had a boy, but I know, you know, I've got two girls and I really understand now the pressures around that. And I have to be very careful and mindful about the message that, and the conversations that I'm having with the girls slash around the girls. And if they see me posting on Instagram, for example, I've tried very, very hard not to buy into the perfectly curated look or the filters or anything like that, because what message does that does that give them? What are your thoughts around that? Obviously coming from such a big beauty background. Yeah. You know, it's so I'm I'm in the middle of writing a book and I I laugh when I try read it back pre-grace and post-grace. It's now that grace is here because you can just see my mind is so confused. I'm so confused of what my message is because I have days where I I want to talk about um, the importance of loving what you see in the mirror and loving your reflection. And then one day I say, you know, Botox is fine. If you if you feel confident and happy having Botox for yourself and you're not doing it for society, then that's fine. And then the next day I'm like, Botox is terrible and nobody should have it. And I hope Grace doesn't think I'm terrible for having, you know, every day sort of a different mm. emotion towards my industry. And I think that is probably also a journey in motherhood to realize mm. that everything you're doing, if you're doing your best and you're doing it for yourself and not for everyone else is enough and it's okay. But I think that's definitely a journey I'm going to go on. Um, and, and, you know, people have said to me in the past, what are you going to say to Grace about makeup? Is makeup important? And I'm mm. going to, yeah, you know, I've probably got to fine tune what I say to Grace and I'm not, you know, Grace is, is still 10 months, so I've got a long way to go. But yeah, makeup is so important if it makes you feel better. And if you look in the mirror and you love what you see and it's a form of self-expression, then makeup is a wonderful tool to use. But I always go back to the same conversation is, you know, why are you applying the makeup? And if you're doing yeah. it because you, people are telling you that you're you're not pretty or people are telling you that uh, you have something you need to change, then we have a problem. But if you're enjoying it yeah. and it's something that is a, an expression, a self-expression tool, then I think makeup can be a wonderful, a wonderful part of life. Yeah, I, I find it hard. And I think definitely, you know, with makeup, I don't wear makeup every day and I don't, it hasn't really been a conscious decision. It's just been one of those things that I'm not in the office every day anymore. And I just don't really just, I just don't do it so much. But I, I find things with like shaving my legs, shaving my armpits, those sorts of things that I'm, you know, I might be in the bath and my son or daughter could come in and be like, why, why are you doing that? And I think, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And I was so quite often I could just go, 
oh, it's just something that mummy does. And then that's <laughs> just fobbing them off completely because I don't know what to say. I just think, oh, I, I just want to. And you don't get that. Well, I think I think that's a really good reason, though. I want to. And when your children grow up, they may want to or they may not want to. And I think giving them that choice is a really wonderful place to be. So I, I remember when I wanted to have my legs waxed, I remember it really distinctly because I'm very fair skinned with dark hair. And, I, and so it was a mm. real issue for me day to day. I remember it was my arms, it was my legs, and I used to cry about it. And I think for a parent to say, that's silly or that's nonsense, it's just hair, is mm. probably a tricky way to approach it because it's really important to that child and it's bothering them. So I think you can give them the tools to to realise that it's you're beautiful no matter what and hair is a part of life, etc. But then if they get to a stage where they are crying about it and they're sad, I don't think it should be fobbed off as something frivolous. It, it's something that's bothering them. And if they want to have their legs waxed, then you can you can help them facilitate that. I don't think it's a terrible thing if they want to do right, it um, for the right reasons. Yeah. But my goodness, it's a minefield and I'm speaking with a 10-month baby, not a 12-year-old. So <laughs> let's talk then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come back on then. Um, do, would you say that, I, I, I know that, you know, Georgia and I have kind of noticed a bit of a shift in the beauty industry when it comes to who the sort of pinups are. You know, you've got the likes of like Andy McDowell and Glenn Close and a few other, you know, amazingly sort of strong leading ladies who are sort of very much standing out against the, um, I'm 70, but my face looks like it's still 20 kind of trend what is it has there been a movement and a change do you think in the way that we perceive beauty I think it's really hard because I think you get your your rebels who sort of break out of this what society expects for you and you you know your Helen Mirrens and we we look at them all and we're like wow you know they're so brave to to not feel the need to uh, whether it's uh, plastic surgery whether it's a tweakment whether it's dyeing their hair, etc. And I think we just have to be really careful of the word brave and careful of the word vanity, because I, I, I feel like a little bit of a broken record. But if you are 60, and you fundamentally feel better dyeing your hair or 70 or 80 or 90, in some cases, you know, whether it's Iris Apfel wearing her red lipstick, whatever it is, if it's going to make you mm -hmm. feel better, then you go for it. Don't worry what the rest of the mm -hmm. world says that that's sort of my approach to how I, I see myself getting older, um, you know, when they call it aging gracefully, you know, what is aging gracefully? Is it yeah. putting, your, you know, putting your hand up at anything that's going to make you look fresher? Or is aging gracefully having a little bit of work because you, you it's always bothered you that, you know, your, you your eyelids too. are a little bit yeah. hooded and now you're fixing it? Like, what does aging gracefully mean? It means something to it means something different to everyone. I think from the world of pinups, I think we need to show our kids, everyone, that everything mm. is a version of pretty, but there's lots of versions of it. So different hairstyles, different skin tones, different skin types, you know, acne is perfectly normal. No shapes are perfectly, you know, different nose shapes, different body sizes. I think it's teaching children and, well, you know, teenagers, et cetera, that there are many different versions of pretty. Yeah, I agree. And I guess it's just you you can use tweakments, makeup, all of the, you know, all of the things in a way that you want to use them. And it's I think it's just about, yeah, like you say, if it makes you feel good and it yeah. then it shouldn't be trivialized because like, I, I don't know how you feel. But as a new mum, I think there was this whole thing, my 
some some family members said to me, you won't care about how you look after you have the baby. You <laughs> won't, you literally won't care. This will be, this won't be important to you. And I remember like, you know, quite quick, like maybe a few days after I'd ha- had my first, I remember thinking, oh shit, that switch hasn't gone off. I still care. Is there something wrong with me? Oh, like, wow. I, I still care. I still want to wash my hair. I still want to have a blow dry. I still want to put makeup on. Am I all right? Um, I don't know. How, how did you feel, you know, about that? So I th- I'll quick, I'll tell you one quick anecdote, which I, anecdote, which I thought was really my, I think I, I got my first vision of, you know, the, the motherhood judgment um, when Grace was six weeks and my best friend has had breast cancer and she's my age and she had just finished her chemo and she wanted to do a dinner and it was my first time going out and we all wanted to get dressed up and make her feel amazing and I just felt really not myself and I thought you know what I had a really tricky birth I had a c-section I had to have an emergency c-section in the end um I'd love to get one of those corset spanks just to hold my stomach in when I wear this dress and I put it on Instagram the absolute like horrid abuse I got back about why am I worrying about my weight and how disappointing and I should be really proud and I call it the kangaroo pouch and I wear mine with pride and why are you trying to cover oh, God. it up why are you trying to show that you wow. just had a baby and I thought who are you all and why is this why is this sort of I, t- I touched a nerve trying to mm. do something with my body shape which I wasn't I was just going out and I wanted to quickly ask if there was a post baby corset that people recommended but that was sort of my first version mm. sort of experience what is that do you think oh, well I just I'm really interested because I think about me? this a lot because I, I, I my experience with it is that people are very quick to tell me when they think I'm too toned or too lean or too slim right. they're very quick to slide into my dms to say oh you're looking a little bit you're a little, little bit too thin or a little bit too that it's strangers who I've never met, never come across, will comment on my weight constantly. Like I'm naturally a size six. I train hard, but I'm very healthy. I think both sides get it and you can't win. That's my honest truth. I think you can't win. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you definitely can't win in the space like how you're saying about you've just had a baby and you're seen to be trying to look the way you did before I think people feel feel the way you did before yeah Yeah. I think people feel very like sensitive around that subject but I just can't see the reason like why it would affect somebody else if you want to make yourself feel better like you did like what what's the issue with that I've no idea no I was going to say what people were saying to me is you're, you're supposed to be in this wonderful baby bubble with all your attention on your baby. Why are you worrying about such nonsense? And I think that is always what I come back to. It's not nonsense. You know, what you feel like when you go out affects everything. It totally affects everything. And so the other anecdote I have is how many times not how many times, but the few times whilst I was on maternity leave, I used to say to my husband, do you have a meeting or uh, could you come home? I've got an appointment. And he would always think I had some sort of doctor's appointment or something. And it was to go get a blow dry. Because that is the one thing that just makes me feel so much better when I have good hair or clean hair or smooth hair, because I've got really, really frizzy, difficult hair. And I genuinely used to ask my husband if he could occasionally come home, because I just wanted good to for you myself. And he would be like, <laughs> what appointment did you have because you look very different hey (laughs) at the salon hey I love that don't don't specify the appointment you're going to just let them assume (laughs) 
I think, I, I think it's interesting and I think this is a really interesting topic for, for conversation because I do think that if everybody, you know, you mentioned the judgment and this is why Georgia and I started Made by Mamas because if everybody just stopped being so bloody judgmental when you become a mother, people have always got an opinion that just you wait mums, you know, you're not doing it right, where are their socks, how come you've lost so much weight post baby, you know, it, it, everybody is a different human and everybody has the right to, to be and behave and act and do whatever they want to do. So it's a very tough one to navigate. How did that make you feel? Yeah, I, well, I think it comes back to that idea of judging and and doing your best to not judge because that's what I've that's what I was saying earlier in the sense of that the motherhood online motherhood world especially just seems to be incredibly judgmental and it's really difficult because actually as a first time mum you sort of want to go on and check is is it okay that this has happened or has anyone experienced that but actually you end up being too scared in case you say say the wrong thing essentially mm-hmm. um which i think is a real shame because yeah. actually more than ever you need fellow mums and you need people to talk to you and guide you and give you advice but I learned quite quickly, just think before you type, which is a shame, I think. It is a shame. How do, how do you think becoming a mum has changed you? Where to begin? That's a big question, George. <laughs> I think in every single way. I don't think there's sort of very much of the old Sarah um, left. And what I mean by that is, and I, and I take that as a massive positive, as in you're just, you're no longer... For me, I don't know, maybe maybe everyone's different. I, I, I feel like every single thing I do and think about, I think of Grace first. You know, even if it's just for a split second, it's how will that affect her or how will that, you know, wh- why am I doing it, et cetera. Maybe, maybe I'm still in that sort of upset. Maybe I am still in a baby bubble at this stage and maybe that sort of calms down a bit and you do find ways to put yourself first in different ways. But I think as of now, my my journey and sometimes it's a really good thing like my journey for my career I'm thinking of Grace but I'm also as I said earlier I I like want to make her proud and I, I definitely want to go back to work and I want to succeed even more and do really brilliant things and change the beauty world forever but um you know I'm, I'm sort of doing it for my cheerleader now in the background as well which just feels really just really amazing I don't know I love it I feel very I feel very excited about it We'll be right back after this short break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Are there any parts of the last 10 months that you've really struggled with? Yeah, I read somewhere that in the first year, it is the ultimate roller coaster because one day you can feel like you are just killing it. And then within 24 hours, you're you're crying in a heap on the floor. For me, I'd say the first six weeks were possibly the hardest six weeks of my life. And I I, I actually felt really sad that no one told me it was as hard as it is. And maybe it's not as hard mm. for some people, I don't know. But I have messages I'd sent to my sister where I said, I absolutely am not equipped to do this. I'm not the person for the job. I cannot yeah. do this. And I bawled and I sobbed. And people said, oh, you might cry a bit. But that wasn't crying. That was uncontrollable, like breakdown mode of crying at three in the morning, at four in the morning. And no one told me. Some people, you know, people do say, oh, get ready for the waterworks. But that wasn't waterworks. That was that was me telling myself I couldn't do it. And I don't know. Did right. you guys have that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, oh my definitely. God. I mean, both Georgia and I had it. It was a feeling of grief, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've said it We've said it before, grieving our old lives, grieving the person we were, grieving our old bodies, grieving. It was like, what is this life? I didn't expect it to be that. Of course, that was short-lived. And of course, it didn't take away the love. But it was more about how we how it impacted us. And it was it was a massive, massive tsunami. Yeah, I think this, you know, just echoing what Zoe said, and I think it was actually the day-to-day things that used to tip me over the edge. So it wasn't necessarily the, you know, the fact that I couldn't get my baby to sleep because I knew people told you that. People told you that the sleep bit would be hard. It was the silly things like there was a baby group at like 10.30 on a Wednesday. And for like the first six months, I tried to get to that baby group at 10.30 on a Wednesday and I never could. And I used to beat myself up about it and think, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you finding leaving the house so hard? It was those things that really got me. The Mm. stuff that... I just couldn't understand why I I couldn't do it. Like, why couldn't I get myself together, have a shower, have fed the baby, and get there? What What was it? That was because you were too busy I... hanging out with me down the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the stuff. I just you, I couldn't get my head around like not being good at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally that it. It's because you're learning on the job. You don't get to like mm. trial the job before it starts. You don't, you can read every book in the world. I actually didn't read any books. I I felt, so I'm the youngest um, of my siblings and I've got an older sister and a sister-in-law and I sort of just told them to teach me everything as I go day by day. So we had mm. a WhatsApp group called Grace Urgent Hotline and I could, and my sister-in-law lives in on the West Coast. So she was always awake, which was really helpful. And I would just, I mean, I don't know if you guys have this, but if I read back on it, basically every single question is, is this normal? Is this normal? Is this normal? Because yep. you don't know what you're doing. Mm. And I remember mm. feeling a real sense of, and this is mental when I look back, I felt really um, abandoned by the midwives that when I was there and I they were so amazing with me and I obviously had this emergency C-section so that I was in there for three days after, um, three days after Grace was born. And then they sort of send you home and I remember feeling so abandoned. I was like, where is everyone? Everyone, no one's calling yeah. me. No one's checking. Everyone's just gone. They were so nice to be in the hospital. Now I'm just alone. And I can't do it and I can't manage. And I just remember I can't was a word that just kept going through the sort of bewilderment of, of emotions. Um, 
And and for me, I'd say that was the hardest is just having absolutely no idea of how hard it was going to be. Yeah. And like you said, of actually knowing what to do. Like I do remember thinking, fuck, I should have gone to some sort of baby, you know, how to keep a baby alive class. No, no, I went to how to keep a baby alive class and it didn't help me. No, they told you off because you wanted, you you (laughs) talked about bottle feeding. I just don't know if that's, yeah. Those newborn hiccups where you think that the baby's choking, but they're just hiccuping for the 7,000th time that day. The amount of times my husband was like, she's choking and we'd both run and she's like, (laughs) God. I'm like, she's just sleeping (laughs) and you've woken me up and I had two hours of sleep there. We've got to get used to the hiccups. It's amazing, isn't it? Because it's kind of like golf. I mean, I know that having a baby is not like golf, but when you do that one amazing shot or where you get one thing right with the baby, that's what keeps you coming back. <laughs> Same okay. with golf. When you do that amazing shot and it lands on the green, you're like, oh God, okay, I actually can do this. So it is, yeah. it, it's massive like highs and lows with it. And it's it, every single day is a school day, but mm-hmm. it's very interesting how you identified that feeling of abandonment. And unless you've got, you know, a village around you checking in and helping you out with it, it does feel like you are the only human in the world that is drowning. You know what we said, and my husband will hate this, and I'm sure lots of men will write in and write. I feel like I'm in the 18th century. They'll write in. They'll write, <laughs> write a letter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my so I was really lucky. My two best friends had their babies within the same three month period. So they're three oh, of wow. us. So we actually didn't go to a lot of the pre-baby class because we thought, oh, we've got each other, you know, which was actually really silly and we probably should have. Um, but we did say, imagine if you could give birth and then all the all the mums can just live together with their babies and we can just constantly check our things on, which is a terrible thing to say because we all need our partners and that is ridiculous. But I do think mother to mother is something that like no one else really gets. And actually you just need mm-hmm. those people who you can, who won't judge you and who can constantly tell you it's okay and it's normal um, around you, don't you think? That's the made by mama listeners. So that we can is... all get together. That uh, yeah, yeah, the only only people that listen to this podcast are really amazing, non judgmental people. So we'll all I live in a commune that. together. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They all, yeah. I'm in. I'll take a room. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to start a hospital for our aftercare. Yeah, an aftercare centre. Yeah, maybe. Can there be alcohol there, though? I think so. Yeah. Okay, amazing, <laughs> amazing. Oh, Sarah, you touched you touched on your birth and it being very different to Ferns, who we interviewed a few weeks ago. Do you want to just take us through it, how it went? We love a birth story on here. Yeah, absolutely. So I had the vision. I, I did all the hypnobirthing. I didn't do all. I did. I worked with this incredible lady called Katie and she totally calmed us down and she spoke about all the wonderful emotions of birth and everything I'm going to go through and I should spritz the fragrance and put up all wonderful um, uh, quotes on the wall. And if I feel that the lights are too bright, I should ask them to dim the lights, you know, all the all the tips I could possibly get. And my husband nodded along, yep, I'm going to do the breathing in for 5,000, out for 10,000, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then the birth came. Uh, well, the birth didn't come. It, I was 10 days late. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, come on. I was like, get out. And the worst thing about it was I was really neurotic leading up to it. And I kept thinking... I'm in labor, I'm in labor, quick, let's go. And they would check, no, you're not in labor, go home. We had a lot of that back and forth. Uh, And then eventually 
10 days, I was 10 days late and they said, it's time to induce you. Uh, are you ready? And I thought, yes, let's just, let's just get this baby out. I can't, because they let's kept do doing the sweeps and saying her head is right there. Like she is about to come out, but she just wasn't moving. Anyways, fast forward to the induction. And uh, they said that with everything that to take everything into consideration, it was time. And I think at that stage, you you listen to the medical professionals. Yes, I wanted the the bath to sit in the bath. I didn't. I actually wanted to go to the hospital. I was quite different in the sense of I wanted all the I wanted the wires and the tubes, and to know that if God forbid anything yeah. went wrong, I was in a hospital. But I loved the idea of starting off bouncing on the ball and relaxing and being at home and going in. And none of that happened. They yeah. said, "Let's let's get this baby out." So I was induced. And then we waited, we waited, and they said, bounce on the ball and do it all. I'm now in hospital, and then uh, nothing, nothing. And then they said, it's time to manually break your waters. So, ah, I've had that. And so my poor husband was sitting to the right, who up until then had been quite macho. And then, I mean, I don't know how graphic we're getting, but essentially it feels a bit like a fishing rod. And it was like, pop. Yes. Yep. A fishing rod up your up your vagina. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no nice way to to describe it. It is literally mm. a rod just Good going Lord. up, popping, and then it is it yes. honestly feels like Niagara Falls is just push and this gush of water. And I just remember looking over at my husband. And he was like, <gasps> white, pale white. <laughs> like, I've never heard so much water just gush. And they said, let's get the show on the road. And so I've been induced and the waters are broken and I'm sitting there and they're monitoring me. And they they described my contractions as a, as a perfect ballerina, like pirouetting. Like there were these beautiful contractions in terms of they were so, um, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Like Intent- you want them to be regular? Re- yeah, regular, like in rhythm, essentially, however you phrase it. I'm mm. really not. Rhythmic. Doctor rhythmic beautiful rhythmic I thought oh this is exciting and then they said do you want an epidural and I started to feel a bit of pain and I didn't I didn't know if I was going to want one or not and I thought there and then yes I'm going to take the epidural so they put the epidural in and basically let's fast forward 25 hours and I'm now having a hot reaction to the epidural and I'm itchy and they're checking and this baby is not moving to cut this long birth story short 25 hours later the, they came in, they felt the cervix, and I had dilated one centimetre. Oh, no. So no. They didn't even yeah. get to active birth. So active birth, I think, is three and a half centimetres. Yeah, three. three and a half, four, I think. I got yeah. to three, guys. 25 hours, they had broken my waters. They had given me yeah. you know, whatever pessary that they could give me. They, they put me up to a drip to bring on the baby. There was nothing. And at 7 a.m., they said that there is now a little bit of swelling on her head because she is being pushed through and my cervix is an opening. So her head is now getting stuck. Would you like, not would you, we we now need to move on to an emergency C-section. And I don't oh, even God. really remember what happened next. But 7 a.m. it was that. And Grace was born at 7.23. Oh, really? Wow, they get her out so fast, don't they? They got yeah. her. They I just, well, all I remember is them saying, you need to sign here. And I remember saying to my husband, I don't know what's going on, but health is first. Let's get this baby out. And just being wheeled in. And then I'm in this, you know, suddenly, did either, did either of you have C-sections? Have you both had that? No. no. No, we didn't. Right. No. So you get wheeled in. You go from this dark room where they try to keep you calm into this sterile, bright room. And there's about 
12 people in this room and you're lying there and the anesthetist is saying, can you feel this? Can you feel this? Because they are now dosing you up to essentially cut you open. So I just kept saying, yes, yes. And I don't remember if I could feel it, but I was so nervous I was going to feel it that I just was like more morphine, more morphine. And then you know, it was everything you don't picture your birth to be. But my husband said that everyone has to go around the room and say their names. So they're like, hi, I'm George. I'm the obstetrician gynecologist. Hi, I'm Kemi. I'm the midwife. And there's 13 of them. And apparently I went, hi, I'm Sarah. And then everyone just looked at me and they were like, yeah, we know. We didn't need you to say who you were. Hi, I'm Sarah, beauty oh, director. You may have seen me on this morning. <laughs> apparently everyone just looked at me and they were like, let's get this baby out. And then... Well, all I can tell you is the next six minutes, and I say six minutes could have been longer, could have been shorter, but it felt really quick, was truly the most magical, beautiful experience where they just brought this baby out and there she was in front of me and she just got put in my arms and I thought, it does not matter how your baby comes out. That moment of knowing your baby's healthy and having your baby in your arms, who cares? Who cares? You've got that baby. Mm, That's really lovely. the journey. Um, and now I'm so pro, like, it, it doesn't matter. It just, it just is so irrelevant in the big scheme of things, in my personal opinion. I don't know, but. No, I completely agree with you. We completely agree. And we've listened to so many birth stories on here. And I think it just further cements that actually it really doesn't matter. And there's great experiences, there's bad experiences. And actually it doesn't, the great experiences are c-sections and vaginal births they're not you know just one or the other at all and it's yeah all birth is actually incredible oh my god a miracle and also sometimes I feel a bit sad that we're not going to go through it again George you know sometimes I think could I have done it one more time (laughs) I've been don't know why I've been feeling that recently but just I don't know Nadia I listened back to Nadia Zawala's episode where she was like and I stood up behind my sofa and I just felt this ring of fire as a baby and I was like oh my god you just stood up and pushed your baby out I mean not my experience because I had epidural so I was on my back but if I went for a third time would I be able to achieve that I don't know so it'll never happen again so well people keep asking me they said oh for the next one will you just like book in the c-section and know that that's the route that you're going down and I still it's too early I don't know yet I don't know I love the idea of trying again but equally when I think back to those 25 hours I don't know no thanks Um, now Sarah Sarah we we love to ask our guests for their um the best piece of advice that they have ever been given um as a parent or the piece of advice that they would impart onto a new parent listening to this podcast yes so you gave me you gave me some prep with this one which obviously I spent god knows how long thinking should it be this should it be that and I think I'm gonna just go with the (laughs) one that has served me the best over this this year and it's it's sort of two words it's um it's instinct. I think there is so much advice out there. It is impossible to uh, follow it all that I think I'm going to go a little bit with trust your instincts because people will tell you you're doing things wrong and people will tell you to do things in a different way. And I've sort of learned now to smile, say thank you very much Mm. for that, but trust my instincts because every baby is different. And when you are that parent, trust your instincts things won't feel right to you and just because your favorite celebrity or influencer or book you've read told you to do it like that go with your instinct because you know your child best we usually ask our guests to talk about their five favorite baby products but I feel like because we've got a beauty director here maybe you could give us your five favorite products for making you look 
like you've slept and that you're not falling apart behind the scenes. Okay, you know what I'll do? I'll just give one because there is one brand that I um that I've loved for babies and then I'll do my beauty products. I will follow the assignment. Okay. But do you guys you probably everyone knows it, but Frida Baby. No. Oh my gosh. Frida Baby. I just think the world needs to know more about Frida Baby. It is the cleverest functional brand which has everything you could possibly need for a baby. So like it's the snot sucker. So for the for if your baby has a cold and they're under six months, it's the it's like this really clever snot sucker. <laughs> I mean, where where I've gone with this, but it's it gives you it's the tools that you need. It's the nail scissors, the nail file for a, a newborn yep. baby. It's um, a, a really easy way to take a thermometer that's really easy to take baby's temperatures. It's got Frida Mama yeah. and Frida Baby, so it's got like all postpartum kits for whatever birth you've had. It's just one of those brands that I always say when a ba- when a mother has given birth to a baby, buy all the essentials on there, the teething tools, everything, mm-hmm. and then buy the Frida Mum as well. So that would be the brand, I would say. Any new mum should check Love it out. F R I D A because I think it's just one of those brands that are a game changer. And then I've literally just looked that up. <laughs> it is, it's so, honestly, it's got like it. There's a, a essentials box. And it's just got everything you could need in there. It's so clever. But the snot sucker, absolutely, for me, was the game changer every... Because how annoying when you can see those boogers in the nose and you they can't get them out. And it's this really disgusting but genius tool where you essentially just suck. And it yes, all that was not comes out. out. Incredible. The, you know I've changed when that excites me more than what's in my makeup bag. But um, there you go. Uh, then I would say in terms of product, so it's we're looking for beauty products that I have loved this year. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or just any that you love. Yeah, just in general. Well, I will say that, look at me, I've got my, this is, will always be blush. It's just blush for me. I call it feel for the face. You can put on as many steps of makeup as you want. But without blush, I think you still look a bit tired. So it doesn't matter what blush. I think if you're going to do a cream blush, Jones Road is a brand that I highly recommend um, for just, it's Bobby Brown, the makeup artist. She has a new brand and it's called Jones Road. For me, it's it's makeup for real women. And I would say her blush, you're just going to, you're just going to dab it onto your cheeks. Like, you know, you would just want to tap it on and you're going to look far more awake um, and the other brand I would say, which does incredible things, because I think when as a new mum and you're tired, people seem to think I need to put loads on to cover. And actually, it's one of the worst things you can do. You want to keep things really light and really fresh. And that's where a brand like Trini London comes in. Yeah. Um, she just nails it. She totally gets what women who are in a rush need. So you can take one of her lip to cheeks in any shade that you think suits you. And it is so wearable. You're going to take the pot, you're going to pop it on your lids, pop it on your cheeks, pop it on your lips. And I end up just being like, or, you know, anywhere that sort of needs it. Um, that for me is a, an absolute no brainer. And actually something that I always tell people that really, really helps you look more awake is focusing a little bit on your brows. Because when your brows are Mm. all pointing downwards, it actually makes you look exhausted. So I just tell people, get just if you don't have anything in your makeup bag for brows, just get a toothbrush, put a little bit of hairspray on it, and just brush your brows up. And just having them facing upwards is going to completely change how awake you look day to day. And then don't don't use that toothbrush later in your mouth. Because you're so tired, you've forgotten. When you are so tired, no. you may do that once. And I can, can confirm I've done it once. <laughs> People do not take these, the importance of 
TLC enough and that does fit into the beauty world so if you can run that bath and if you can put bubbles in and you can as soon as your baby has fallen asleep just soak in that bath there are so many wonderful bath brands out there enjoy that bath yeah and for me it's been like one of my most amazing times of the year is just soaking in the bath and just having some time to myself yeah and also if you have if you have had a um, um a vaginal birth and like I found that because I had an episiotomy having baths at the right time was just so soothing on, on my stitches and my you know my mind my body my soul it was just the best thing ever so I, I echo that as well yeah definitely. um Sarah thank you so thank much for coming you. on what an absolute treat to chat to you it's been so lovely and um yeah come back on if and when baby number two appears yeah Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's such a joy chatting to you both. And I love the podcast. You do amazing things. And I look forward to the Made by Mama's Hotel. I'll be your first guest. Yes. <laughs> See you there. Thanks so See much, there. Sarah. See you later. Oh, I, love I love Sarah Jossel. Me love too. Her. I really love her. And yeah. I think, wow, like she, she's, you know, what an incredible lots sort of change into her life and she's sort of saying how so much you know she's writing her book and she started writing it before she had her little girl and then you know she's writing it with different eyes now yeah I think it just really highlights you know not only physically but every part of your life does change slightly mm. when you mm-hmm. have a little one and quite mm. often that's for the good it's not for the bad mm. you say slightly let's <laughs> let's not beat around the bush here i mean it you it, it drastically change. it does yeah. drastically change and and that's that's a really beautiful wonderful process to go on and it's it's interesting that she's you know scribing something that she thought would be one way and mm. now is going to be totally totally different so yeah i loved it and i i loved um you know all those little like sort of anecdotes and how she feels about returning to work as well was really interesting um yeah thanks to sarah for being so honest i really really enjoyed that chat as always we'd love you to rate review subscribe and please please give the podcast a little follow yeah and if you've got any suggestions for guests or feedback on this episode then drop us a dm on at made by mummers on instagram and we'll be back on friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.